I took my baby on a Saturday bang. Boy, boy, is that girl with you? Yes, you're one in the same. Now I believe in miracles, and miracles has happened tonight. But if you're thinking about me, baby, it don't matter if you're black or white. Modern black and white movies on this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Attention planet Earth and beyond. Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer Time once again, ladies and gentlemen, for that aged, old-timey radio hour, Attack of the Killer podcast. This is episode 235 called Modern Black and White, where we will be discussing horror movies that choose to be shot in black and white. They did it on purpose, when they could have easily shot in color, because color is always better. Is it? We're going to find out. Now, Attack a Killer podcast, it's a horror movie podcast. It's not just any run-of-the-mill horror movie podcast. It's a horror movie podcast where a group of friends get together and talk about horror movies within a certain topic. But it's not just any horror movie podcast where a group of friends get together and talk about horror movies within a certain topic. It's a horror movie podcast where a group of friends get together and talk about horror movies within a certain topic. You're on a roll there, buddy. got it. Kind of forgot my point. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Never mind. Stay on topic. <laughs> Hope you like the show. Uh, now, if you do enjoy the show and want more Attack of the Killer podcast in your life, you should jump on over to jointheattackers.com. You become you can become a special class of human being mm-hmm. by becoming an attacker at jointheattackers.com. By becoming an attacker, you can help support the show and keep it going and growing. And as a thank you to our supporters, you get bonus content, more bonus content for your buck than I believe any other podcast out there. I said it. You can get all kinds of stuff. Like, for example, my YouTube show, Insane Mike's One Minute Top Ten List. Here's an example of what that show is like. Here's Insane Mike's one minute top 10 list of why you should become an attacker. Number 10, bonus episodes. Number nine, weekly YouTube video series, video updates. Uh, Number eight, your own official certificate and membership card. Number seven, Mikey's Monsters, where I draw you as a monster of my choice. Number six, shout outs on the show. Number five, our monthly video series, Killer Critiques. Number four, your very own Attack of the Killer podcast t-shirt. Number three, early access to the main show. Number two, you get to be a part of our monthly horror hangout show and tell. And number one, the knowledge that you are better than everyone else. So go to jointheattackers.com, sign up for the content that you want, and become an attacker today. And you owe us now because you listen to that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, that, sh- that shit ain't free. <laughs> Cough it up. Okay, you know what time it is? No, no, no. It's not hammer time. It's time to introduce you to the podcast crew. What's black and white and red all over? Andy! <laughs> what? <laughs> um... Okay, yeah, I mean, I've been in a few car wrecks, I guess, so yeah, <laughs> Hey, pianos are black and white. What do you call a goat that plays a piano? What? Billy Joel. Tad, everybody! <laughs> huh? 
Say opening. Are you having a stroke? <laughs> Get it? Are you smelling oranges right now? Like Billy Goat. Billy Goat. Billy Joel. Oh. His doctor told him he has to be colorblind. He replied, "This is news. This news is coming com- completely from out of the green." Jason, everybody. Oh. Wow. Hey, everybody. In spite of all that, thanks for listening and tuning in. Please hang in there. It'll get better. And now our very special guests. That right, that's right, guests Whoa. from the Brett and Tony podcast, Abe and Ashlyn. Hello. Hi. <laughs> thanks for joining us, guys. Thanks for having us. This is exciting. Oh, we're the excited ones to have you here. This is awesome. Yeah, oh. that Brett guy's old news. <laughs> that's right. In, in with the Abe and Ashlyn. So why don't you tell our listeners a bit about yourselves and your show? Well, as you said, we are Abe and Ashlyn. We are from the Brett and Tony podcast, and it's basically a weekly show. One week, we just do a deep dive on some random topic. Uh, we had Tad join us for Sleep and Dreams, which is amazing. And then the other week, we talk about a deep dive on a B-movie we find on Shudder. <clears throat> yeah, and Shudder. on our new... Yeah, mm. Hell yeah. And on our newest episode, we actually had Mr. Jason come on, and we talked Wee! about Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's oh. right, Mr. Jason. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Got to be official. That was a lot of fun. You guys' yeah. show is so fun. Well, thank you. We're glad you think so. Sure do. I'm just waiting for my invite to be on the show. Oh, my. Oh. oh, it's in the mail. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, awesome. Thanks for joining us, guys. Yes, thank you. This is going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Okay, spring is in the air, and time to be outside and frolicking in the open fields. But instead, we hide inside and watch movies. So here's Tad with What We Watched. What We Watched. All right, we got a lot of people on today, so we're going to go right into it. Andy, what have you watched? Um, I have been trying to keep up with uh, Creepshow, and I've been loving what they put out. So I'll I'll be brief. You know, I know most of us most of us watch it, so I won't uh, touch much on that. the The wife and I have been catching, uh, trying to catch up on Fargo, and we're liking the the Ewan McGregor uh, dual role that he's playing on that, which is it's a season previous, but. Um, the one thing that I really like to talk about, and I cannot pimp this show enough, um, you don't even have to be a professional wrestling fan to watch this show because it's so good and it's the dark side of the ring. Yeah. Brian Pillman episode was sad. Oh my (laughs) gosh. It's, it's, it was heartbreaking. Uh, just, you know, uh, just what happened to his wife, well, his first wife and, it, how big of a piece of crap that his second wife was and just what what his kids you know went through after after he died i uh, i mean i just i love the dark side of the ring i will put it up against any espn 30 for 30 if if it may be even better in my opinion um but uh, I watched I watched that, and I also watched uh, Suburban uh, Gothic with Cat uh, Dennings and Ray Wise. That's on Shutter. Um, uh, Ray Wise, I everything I tend to watch him in, I I just end up liking him more. But 
yeah, if you do watch, and I know I'm going backwards here again, but if you do watch uh, Dark Side of the Ring, uh, you will absolutely fall in love with uh, Brian Pillman's sister because she's like the sweetest lady that you'll you'll ever see. And uh, they recently, uh, he had a t-shirt that's had Brian F. and Pillman on it, and it's an old one. <laughs> and recently, Pro Wrestling Tees released uh, a t-shirt just like it. But it instead of his face on it, it has Aunt Linda's face on it because she like kind of helped take care of the kids, and it says Linda F and Pillman. It says Linda F and Pillman on it, and it's and it's it's the fact that they made it is just it's totally awesome. But yes, did you order one without sleeves already? Um, no, I didn't. I I actually um, um, guilty as charged. Not the Linda F and Pillman one, but I got the remake of the ECW one that says Brian F and Pillman on it, and it's nice. they they do not come without sleeves. But uh, you just flex and they fly off. Yeah, yes, they yeah. just yeah. I Incredible Hulk that shit right off. <laughs> they disintegrate when you try to put yes. the shirt on. Yeah, fuck you, sleeves. Um, <laughs> But anyway, that's 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 what I watched. But yes, uh, please watch Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, you won't regret. So, uh, cool. has everybody finished Creepshow season two? Nope. No, I, I got a few yet. episodes to go yet. Yeah. Oh man, the finale. I'm not going to spoil anything uh, that's not already in the description. But it's Justin Long. He invents a um, VR machine where he can go into whatever movie he wants to, and he chooses Horror Express. Oh, cool. So it's oh, cool. literally him in the movie with Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing. Oh, man. So they use original footage and put him into the movie. It's fucking awesome. See, we watched a bunch of it last night, and we stopped right at that one. Like I, We watched the very opening where they do that, that VR or the creep, were the creepers uh, doing the VR of Night Living Dead? Right. And then we stopped it right after that. Any chance he karate kicks Telly Savalas off the train? Just to I'm not going to spoil anything, hurt. but okay. it's it gets a little more um, involved than I expected. But nice. it's it's really good. You're going to watch it. So and li- and like uh, check out. You know, if you don't have Shutter, use promo code AOTKP. Yep. I was really excited to see Joe Lynch direct directing some of these episodes too. Yeah, mm-hmm. me too. And it's, it's, uh, I see so many people complaining about the show and saying, you know, it doesn't live up to the movie or whatever, but I've, I've had a blast with what? it. What? So. The movie is a different beast. And uh, I'll admit, I had, I took some issue with some of the stories in the first season because I, you know, couldn't let go of the movie. You know, because it just, it just feels like, you know, some of them weren't as well written as I would have liked. You know, just because of my expectations of what an anthology comic book is, you know, an anthology horror comic is. But this season's just so much freaking fun. I'm, I've loved every single episode. Well, speaking of, what have you watched, Mike? Oh, Creepshow. <laughs> <laughs> um, Next. Uh, I rewatched a movie I haven't seen in, for year, uh, in years. Uh, it's from 1983. Uh, Suburbia, not to be confused with uh, the 90s movie Suburbia, which was directed by, um, what's his name? I can't think of his name right now. Attaboy. You're talking the Penelope Sphere. Yeah, right? yeah, I'm talking about hers, which was produced by Roger Corman. I had forgotten about that. Oh, yeah. 
Um, it's uh, it it's on Tubi, and I hadn't, I hadn't seen it so long, and I freaking love this movie. Um, it basically, it's about this guy, he, uh, this teenager. He kind of runs away from home, and uh, he ends up moving into this house that's full of all these punk rock orphans that just kind of like just coexist in this dilapidated house. Um, and you know they're kind of they, they've kind of all been thrown away by society, and everybody in town hates them, and. You know, they live up to their punk image, you know, so they bring a lot of it on themselves. But uh, um, uh, but the, the, the runaways in this house, you know, kind of hold together as a family. And there's some really tragic stuff that happens that, uh, um, you know, starts to unravel things. But uh, uh, the acting is horrible um, if you want <laughs> to, uh, you know go that route. But I don't care. Um, I, I, I always I always say that, like, I hate to critique on acting because, you know, we you, you can't blame the actor for a performance. Um, you don't know if it's it was intentionally portrayed that way if it, by direction of the director or if it's the actor's choice or what have you. But um, what's cool is like these 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 kids aren't really actors, but it doesn't matter. The it's still so captivating. All the characters are just so captivating, and and I don't know. I mean, I've seen enough. Like punk rockers in my day, and enough, um, yeah. Especially in movies and whatnot, where they all just kind of come off as just like monotone, like not giving a fuck. I mean, that that was kind of the punk attitude of the of the early '80s, right? DIY. So, yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Flea's in it. He's hilarious. Um, he's Did one of the kids that live in the house. Crawl in his mouth or something. Oh yeah, he's got that rat all over him throughout the entire movie. It's really gross but you know. i just totally pictured when you said it's got really bad acting and then andy sits up in his chair he's like oh yeah go on i'm in <laughs> he sold me <laughs> i guess i should preface it by saying that most people are going to think the acting is bad gotcha. but i find i find the performances really charming and fitting the <laughs> fitting the movie and the attitudes so there um, watched, uh, Brandy watched, Brandy and I watched a movie called the power. So I can knock a movie off of the 2021 list already. Whoa, look at you go. Yeah. Uh, One down. I know, right? <laughs> you know. <laughs> look out. You guys are in trouble this year. Let's check the chart. It's, it's already May and I've got one movie down. Um, uh, it takes place in 1974 where a young nurse is forced to work, uh, the night shift in it. What? It's just so true. That's funny. I keep going. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, she's forced to work the night shift in this like run, kind of like rundown hospital. As this like, uh, there's this thing going on where the uh, it takes place in Britain, and um, there's these power outages that happen at night, so everything just gets completely shut down um, while uh, she's working. And inside the walls lurk terror lurks terrifying terrifying presence that threatens to consume her and everybody around her it's a pretty good movie you know ghosty movie so you know sometimes uh sometimes i I just kind of my eyes roll in the back of my head when it's like yet another ghosty movie but this one's pretty good the performances are great there's some there's a cool there's some cool uh, twists at the end of it um so, and then the other thing that I've watched is uh, Brandy and I have been marathoning marathoning the late '80s TV series Monsters. Anybody remember Jason? Do you remember I Monsters? Do. Of you course, yeah. Oh, Andy, you remember that show? I remember it was on uh, like uh, it'd be on what the WB is now. It's like uh, Channel Nine. I remember it's the uh, <laughs> it, fucking 
Chicago-based, I remember it was on WGN. Oh, WGN, yeah. Yeah, uh, that's where C. I watched ben it. C.A. Ashland, uh, before Netflix. <laughs> before Netflix? Yeah. Whenever you want, I know. Yeah, television's had dials and shit, believe it or not. <laughs> um, it, the show was produced by Laurel Productions, so it was the same same people who made Tales from the Dark Side TV series. And both shows were extremely, extremely low budget. Like a lot of episodes take place in like one set and the special effect. And what's cool about monsters though, it's like with Tales from the Dark Side, you don't know what angle they're going to take with it. You know, is this going to be like a Twilight Zone kind of thingy? Is there going to be um, some ghosts involved? But with a movie with a title of Monsters, you know you are going to expect to see a monster in every single episode. And it's got, you know, some of the episodes are definitely. A lot of the episodes are pretty corny, and I love them for it. But you know, some of them take like just this dark humor angle, and it's a fun show. Where's that at? You said TV? oh, uh, Roku TV. Oh, nice. Anyway, that's what I watched. All right, Ashlyn, what have you watched recently? Um, recently I watched uh, the new Mortal Kombat, which I think was amazing. Hell yeah! Right on. And then, um. I don't watch a lot of movies, but I've been binging uh, Anthony Bourdain's Parts Unknown. Oh, so good. Good stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then Impractical Jokers. So. Yeah. Uh, best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's my list. <laughs> oh, it really is. Who's your favorite? Yeah, who's your favorite? My favorite is Sal. Mm. Mm. He's so cute. It's cute. Everyone knows Yeah, it's cute. Whatever. I thought everyone no, liked it's Joe. Joe. It yeah. is Joe, isn't it? Joe is yeah. hilarious. Joe's my second. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember if it's season one, but the episode where they have to go around the table and scoop mashed potatoes. Scoop on potatoes. Yes. yes. <laughs> scoop, scoop potatoes. I die laughing every, I can watch that episode a hundred times and I, I am crying every single time he does scoop, <laughs> scoop potatoes. Nobody picks more. That's too bad. No, Joe gives me anxiety. <laughs> Joe gives you anxiety? He He has way too much like, no shame or fear None. whatsoever. Right. That's what I love. And about I just him. I'm there in that room, and I'm uh, like, oh my gosh, this is horrible to watch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you're the Sal of your group. Uh huh. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Murr is good for the punishment. Uh, yes, oh, he's yeah. like the best to punish. Oh yes. Oh, yes. Man. Oh man, my, my favorite. Okay, you're going down a rabbit hole. Punish too. Um, Sorry, my favorite. <laughs> my favorite punishment is when all three of them but Joe lost. And he made them all get tattoos. Yep. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We just saw that episode a couple of days ago. How pissed Sal was. Oh, so good. He has a child tattooed on his thigh. <laughs> oh. And they bring it up as much as they can too. It's so great. Yeah. Oh, you got to. Oh, it's a big callback in the movie. Yep. Yep. Oh, the movie was good. All right, Abe, what have you watched <laughs> besides Impractical Jokers? <laughs> well, uh, out of no reason, uh, other than I haven't watched it in a long time, we decided to watch I Know What You Did Last Summer, and I still know what you did last summer. Huh. And holy shit, the second one, he paid for them to go to this island so he could kill them? <laughs> Made no sense to my brain, but whatever. It was fun. Um, and then we've also been watching the Fast and Furious movies because... Why not? And the ninth one is coming out, you know? Yeah, yeah. Just excited for the ridiculousness when it gets off the rails and just goes crazy. And it makes no sense. And, then, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then in outer space, apparently. Oh, man. What? 
I think the newest one, yeah, is supposed to. That's oh the rumor, gosh. so why not? <laughs> if Leprechaun can do it, anybody can do it. Exactly. If Leprechaun exactly. and Jason, if it's good enough for them. <laughs> right. Wow. When you run out of options, throw them in space. Wow. And apparently not Price is Right. <laughs> no. Not. Ever since Drew Carey took over, I can't get into it. Yeah, I'm sort of on the same boat. Uh, Pluto has a whole entire channel dedicated to the Bob Barker era, and it's like yeah. late 70s, yep. early 80s. It's so fucking <laughs> addicting and good. Yep. Jason Jason watched like four hours with me once. Oh, I, <laughs> That was my childhood. That's how we hang out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just so you know, if you ever come visit us at my house, you're going to fucking sit and watch Prices Right for hours. <laughs> that's how I, that's how, uh, that's that's how his, I host that's at his my friendship house. friendship test. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna know how much a fucking nineteen eighty two citation is by the end yeah. of the <laughs> Jason comes out in the living room, he's like, How long have you been awake? I didn't go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Speaking of Jason, what did you watch? Oh man, I watched so much stuff. I gotta narrow it down. Oh my gosh. I watched Are you being sarcastic? Yes. Um I watched uh <laughs> Joe Bob, Ginger Snaps and Fried Berry. Fried oh fucking berry, fried. Oh, so good. What? It's so. It's fried berry is so fun. Yeah, it was. And learning about it with Joe Bob Briggs is fantastic. That made it. It makes everything a million times better. That was. That was good. It was good. Both of them were great. Yeah, I haven't seen Ginger Snaps in a long time. Yeah, yeah, it was good. I mean, my brain's still dealing with fried berry. If you hadn't seen that, but <laughs> it's like uh, very much in the vein of Greasy Strangler. Like I, I said, there are a lot I of vibes for sure. No, I tweeted I that, that it would be the the perfect double feature and for like, real. You know, yeah, yeah, Mike. I, think, I don't know. I mean, it's. I mean, it is, but it's like I don't know. It's not as fun. It's fun. I don't know. I can't say it. I love the fact that the alien inside <laughs> him gives him, makes him a better human being because he was such a piece of shit before. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's bizarre. It's awesome, though. And uh, yeah, I don't know how much I would have liked it without Joe Bob, but it, it was great. I think uh, it's something that if you watch with a crowd, like it, when it was yeah. in, on a festival run, that would be cool. Oh, yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, yeah, watching Joe Bob, but sitting it by yourself and watching without any kind of, I don't know. A little tough. I watched it via a festival on my computer, so I did right. both, <laughs> technically. <laughs> and then uh, lastly, um, I we ran out of time before the show, or I'd have talked with you about it before the show, Mike, but um, I'm only two episodes in, but if you haven't watched Invincible yet, I know, I keep Mother, animated? it's animated, it's okay. on Amazon Prime, there's like six episodes, and it's created to start. by Robert Kirkman, yeah. so it's... Smart enough, but it's also gory enough. But oh, yeah. uh, so very adult, but superheroes adult team up. It's uh, J.K. Simmons is one of the main guys. Um, oh gosh, dang it! Walking Dead, Glenn, he's the main yeah. character. Yeah, oh Sean Young. Yeah, um, Oh, there's some great uh, voices on there. Really good, and it's so smart and cool and adult. Yeah, my, my friend Michael Rowland has been like clamoring at me to watch it. Yeah, so. yeah. I'm a fan of the I'm a fan of the books. I've been looking forward to seeing the show. Yeah, it's freaking fantastic. So definitely want to recommend that. That's on Prime, but Invincible. So that's what I've watched. Hey, Tad, what have you watched? Of course, I've watched Joe Bob. Also, it's yeah. been a blast. Um, but I've watched killing it, it with the live tweets. By the way, heads thank up. you. Yeah, big ups. 
To be uh, honest with you, uh, there's been a couple nights where I'm like, why does my phone keep blowing up? I'm like, oh shit, Joe Bob's on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad to help. Yeah, yep. actually, you've reminded me. Like all the tweets. Yeah, it, I, I rewatched uh, Spontaneous. I showed it to Ooh. Nikki and my friend Adam because it's on like oh, every God. streaming. It's on Hulu now, <laughs> and I think it's a few other. Maybe uh, Prime, I don't remember, but um, I adore it, so I had to rewatch that when it popped up. Um, and then outside of uh, what we watched for the show in Joe Bob, I watched a really interesting documentary Saturday night on Hulu called The Orange Years, The Nickelodeon Story. Oh, I started to watch that. Um, really, really, really good. Yeah. Um, as someone who um, was born in the mid-'80s and was a, teen, it was, a it was a kid in the 90s, um, those shows were a little before my time, but I was like at the, I was pretty young when, when like Pete and Pete and that stuff, but if, are you afraid of the dark? Very formative. And, and it goes yeah. from like the be, the big, very beginning of Nickelodeon until like up to SpongeBob. So like basically the, like the, you can't do that on television and yes, double ex- dare. Oh well, yeah. Even, they Even before that, when it was like, it was. It wasn't even a full channel. It was only on like uh, seven a, hours a day. Right. It was a program, basically a block of programming. They bought a bunch of shows from um, other countries and dubbed them mostly, to fill the time. Mostly from Canada. Right. And then, uh, which you can't do that on television, was also a purchase show. It was yep. not their mm-hmm. original content. And then yeah. uh, the show more set was on that. The, the show got or the the you know program got more so popular that they could start their own network, and that's when. Uh, they brought in other shows that started original programming. It's amazing to see the history and how like Ren and Stempy came to be, yep. uh, Doug, Rugrats, all that stuff. It's and they cover all of it and uh, Double Dare, every all the you know game shows, uh, Legend of the Hidden Temple, Guts, all that stuff. It's just it's it's a great documentary. It's about two hours long. They bring bring back all the original. Uh, cast from the old shows and hosts and stuff. Mark and Summers. Yes. Yeah. All of them, all of them are in it. Keenan is on it. I mean, so many, uh, just cool throwbacks, but it's also just so educational. And you learn how much thought went into this channel and why it became such a big thing. It wasn't mm-hmm. just like pandering to kids. They actually made an effort to not do any kind of, uh, merchandising for a long time because they felt like all kids programming was meant to sell cereal and toys. It was like, at the time, Transformers, G.I. Joe, uh, My Little Pony, all that stuff was just like it was a toy first and they made cartoons to sell the toys. So they wanted to make sure that was not what their new channel was. And uh, just it, it, like there was a times where it, like made made us tear up. So Aww. like they had a moment where they're talking about like the creation of um Nick news, like how they wanted to create a news segment on the show and talk like not talking down to kids and uh, they were trying to address the fact when M- Magic Johnson came out HIV positive and how to how oh, do you tell man. kids that and how do you address it and mm-hmm. uh, that moment was really yeah. wild because they brought him on and they had a group of kids learning about it and yeah it's just you have to watch it but uh, it's fantastic it's worth the hour and fifty minute I think is the runtime but it's so good so that's what I watched what's it called again sorry. Um, the Orange Years, the uh, I think the Orange Years, the Nickelodeon story. And where was it? Hulu. It's on Hulu. Oh, awesome. it, it came out just uh, in 2020. It was made 2020. Just came cool. out recently. Yeah, it, it's a really good doc. It's like each different show. It, you know, they give it its own. Oh, cool. Own Do. segment on the in the movie, but then 
but then it plays part of the bigger story of the evolution of the of the channel. It's it's a, it's now, a really good doc. Now I want to watch the. There's a whole documentary on Ren and Stimpy that I want to see. Um, oh my gosh, um, I love that show. Yeah, but well, it, you it, may not want to. I I know what it is. It's not a all painted in the greatest light, but um, it's it's amazing to like watch this one and see just how incredible. Not not lucky, but they just every single show they had on there was like a home run, and they just. Like they just brought in people for pitches and suddenly like, oh, we'll just give this guy a show called Doug because we he's really nice. And Doug was this huge <laughs> fucking show. Uh, it's just like they kept hitting gold without like do, doing like they had no idea what they were doing with Double Dare the first time they filmed. This is a little bit of a spoiler, but it's so such a good story. Mark Summers is telling it and he's like, I've never hosted a show and everybody working on the shows never worked on a show. And these kids are supposed to go through 12 obstacles in 60 seconds um, the first one was a giant pillow. They, they're supposed to pull it apart and get the flag and move on to the next obstacle. We're sitting there filming. The kids tear this pillow open. They don't get past the first obstacle. They realize they forgot to put the flag in the first one. Oh. <laughs> and yeah. he's like, he's like, I went back to my dressing room and I'm like, this is it. I'm fired. Like, how did we screw the one thing up? Like, they didn't wow. even get through one obstacle and we've done a day of filming. Mm. We're so far behind. But um, yeah, just it, it's just amazing how things fell into place and you know mm. it's it's such a juggernaut now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's what I watched. We can move on to the episode now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, you guys may not know this, but Jason got a job at the Olympics. Mm-hmm. He's in charge of all the track and field equipment. So he's really liking his new pole position. From now on, like your parents were, you are the secret force of pole position. Hey, everybody, it's pole position time. Hey, let's look back really quick. Um, On episode 233, the poll question was, who has the best hair in horror? Horror. And our answers were, Insane Mike had Samara, the ring. Correct answer. I had Sammy Kerr, trick or treat, the right answer. Tad had Bride of Frankenstein, the actual best answer. And Andy had Taryn. From a Nightmare on Elm Street. And which, the results. Which was an answer. <laughs> which was technically an answer. <laughs> okay. And the votes show it. Andy's in last place with 11%. <laughs> wow. Harsh. Jason, third place, 22%. I don't even know how to get on I know. This. I already know who won because I looked at the results. But. Tad. Cheater. 22%. And for the first time in history, <laughs> Insane Mike figured out how to use his Twitter and voted for himself <laughs> enough times that Mike won with 44% of the Woo! vote. We are the champions. <laughs> yeah, he's not a sore winner at all. Oh, Christ. Just remember, folks, if you vote for him, you'll get this. So don't do this ever again. Yes, please don't. (laughs) All right, let's get into the question for this episode. The question is, what is your favorite black and white film? All films. What's your favorite? Let's go, Mr. Winner. You go first. What's yours? And we all know the answer. I didn't even finish reading the question before I answered it, man. Of course, there's only one answer for me, and that is the original Night of the Living Dead. Yep. We all knew that that was going to be it. 
All right, I'll go next, and uh, it is my favorite, and I I realized once I put it that I, I know I stole it from Andy because it would have been his. Yeah. And you could have had it because I, I really am surprised that Ed Wood didn't make it on the list, and that was going to – Not that technically was, a horror movie, but – Well, that's why I said it's open. It's all black. Oriented. So yeah. it's – I wondered. And I, that would have been my backup. But, yes, yeah, so Psycho from 1960 – that's my pick. Tad, what's yours? I went, um, I was the first one to uh, pick a movie, but I wanted yep. to go not your typical boring, um, boring. like mainstream horse oh, come answer. on, talk them down. So I'm, you know, a, a film aficionado, oh, uh, someone who has a little up. bit deeper taste, uh, oh, someone who, who, you know, just... No I, I went oh, with, just say well, it, you pretentious... I went with... <laughs> Mario Bava's Italian classic, Black Sunday. Great pick. I will, uh, I I will at least give good. you that. I hate good. that it's a good pick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Andy, what did you pick? Well, since I just appreciate the real, just really crappy mainstream, <laughs> just horrible, <laughs> I, I have no taste, and it, I suck, and I'm terrible. Uh, no, um, I went with, I wanted to go with, of course, like with with Jason said, but you know, since I feel like I can't just steal that back, since I stole the, like the guest from Tad the That's other true. time, so he, yeah, Jason was quicker this time, so I'll let him have it. Um, I'm going with the 1958 William Castle classic, House on Haunted Hill. Ooh, that's a good one too. That's a really good one too. Gosh dang. All right, well, Twitter only lets us have four official votes, but Abe, Ashlyn, what would you guys pick? What's your favorite black and white film? Of uh, all time? I would have gone. I would have gone with Carnival Souls. Ooh. Yeah, oh. good. I, I considered That's it. Good. That's good. Yeah. Nice. Have you ever seen um, the riff tracks no. of it? <laughs> I have not. Oh, I, I tried watching riff tracks once in my life, and I wasn't in the right mood for it, mm. so I haven't gone back since. I think. I, yeah. It might. There's a lot of them on Amazon Prime, and if uh, that one particular is pretty funny, I can't remember if that was a live one they did, which are some of their better ones. But yeah, when they're live, they're oh, it's so funny. All right, sorry, Ashlyn, what was yours? Um. Okay. Don't give me hate. All right, <laughs> but <laughs> this will be tough. I have not seen a lot of black and white films, and the two that I remember seeing was obviously like The Sin City, Ooh. and then uh, Schindler's List. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, it's you know, yeah, I mean, it's good. Way. I don't much remember it, but, you know, I was young. <laughs> but I do have plans to watch Casablanca, so. Yeah. Maybe I'll just shove that in there in my list, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you should. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to make the Seinfeld joke, like, were you and Abe making out during Schindler's List? But <laughs> you, I figured you probably wouldn't get it because you've probably never seen uh, Seinfeld. What's Seinfeld? What's, I oh have seen God. Seinfeld. <laughs> Jerry and his girlfriend got caught making out on, at Schindler's List in the theater, and his parents, like, freaked oh out on him. <laughs> I mean, probably for good reason, right? <laughs> yeah, because his family's Jewish, and it was a big deal, so. Yeah. All right, so everybody, get your butts over to Twitter now, (laughs) at AOTKP. Get those votes in. Who got it right? Who picked your favorite film? Let us know what you're thinking. Thank you very much. That's The Pole Position.
Okay, so tonight's topic is modern black and white horror movies. And I just want to make a quick disclaimer. <laughs> Our first movie we're going to talk about um, has a lot of, shall we say, very adult content. Oh, yeah. So this disclaimer, honestly, is probably more about myself letting you know that I'm going to try my best to keep it as clean as possible and not be crass and not have a lot Andy. of ad- adolescent jokes. <laughs> you know, trying, to, trying to keep the, the just for myself. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm turning this shit upside down. <laughs> keep it under wraps. Oh. But uh, with that said, Andy, what's our uh, first movie? Oh, from 1990 and straight out of Batshitsburg, we have <laughs> Singapore Sling. Singapore Sling is chasing after Laura, a a romantic memory from his past. One night, he finds himself in a mysterious villa watching two women bury a body. He falls into their trap, and in an atmosphere of isolation and decadence, the trio act out insane pleasure games and a ritual of blood and murder. And that is putting it very, very lightly. Um, I have to say, before I go into this, I love the fact that this movie exists, and I'll tell you why. Because I myself am a writer, and I, you know, I, you know, submit my work to various, you know, things. And some people are are, are hot on it, and some people are cold on it. But the fact that shit like this exists, uh, and films like Butt Boy, you know, I love films like that. I love the fact that they exist because it gives it definitely gives me hope knowing that sometime something somewhere down the line that something might might get made but um yes as we heard uh singapore sling who only uh speaks to us in voiceovers and there's a lot of fourth wall breaking in this film um basically this is kind of like uh, for as far as I can tell, like the bizarro version of like Death Game or uh, Knock Knock in a sense, because yeah. this is where the man comes to the two crazy uh, women. And let's just um, elaborate on these <laughs> women all caps a crazy. little bit. Yep. Uh, let's see. We have um, a mother and daughter, and the daughter is just you know these these are very sexually charged gals here uh the the one daughter seems to you know talk through her teeth a lot which was which was a little weird but let's let's look at mom here she that's what you found weird i'm gonna get there i'm gonna get there i'm gonna get there i'm starting off slow tad okay you know i couldn't um, believe she talked through her teeth how wild uh, <laughs> So, and mom looks like a cross between a fortune teller and Susie Sue from Susie and the Banshees with a strap on dildo. Is that, is that better, Tad? Thank you. Um, 
Okay, we let's let's just start with the the craziness here. We have a two women sexually uh, women uh, man, uh, uh, daughter and mother here sexually assaulting a gunshot victim, and one of them barfs in his face while doing it, and the other one takes a nice steamy whiz on his face while doing it, <laughs> all while giving him electroshock therapy. And we're just getting started. Um, we have backflashes of apparently their father was a 500 pound, uh, not 500 pound, 500 year old mummy who, you know, used to sexually assault the daughter. Um, and then for some odd reason, and I'm sure this somehow fits into the plot somewhere. We have a woman who basically rubs her crotch with an apricot and then wipes her ass with it. Um, Am, am I missing anything here? Oh, yes. Um, basically, uh, <laughs> sexual mutilation with a strap-on uh, buck knife. Um, we have got one crazy Greek bastard making this movie. Um, I don't really know. I mean, basically, he's looking... Singapore Sling is a private detective looking for this girl named Laura, and I'm assuming that he thinks that the daughter looks similar to this Laura that he's looking for. Well, uh, uh, Mr. Sling, um, after being shot by an unknown person, which I don't even know who shot him, um, Laura is not worth it, okay? (laughs) Uh, I, I don't know, uh, <laughs> I'll just, I'll just, I'll just hand this over to somebody who can even try to make any remote sense out of this. Yeah, this is where you Everyone's cue the grabbing. crickets chirping oh, here. Right, right. <laughs> <Not my sound>. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody? Uh, uh, exactly. I mean, I, I mean, I messaged you guys and I was like, "Yo, is this the right movie? Because there's a mummy fucking a girl from behind right now." <laughs> And I'm hoping that, like, no one walks in the room, because this will be hard to explain. Um, but this is the only one from 1990 that was a labeled as a horror movie uh, that was black and white. So it checked those things off the list. Um, it, I, it's not a bad movie. Like, w- before the show, we sort of talked a little bit about, like, I can't believe, you know, you're, you were a little afraid that we'd be mad at you. And I'm like... No, like this is actually a good movie. It's sort of like, and, and this is not a comparison in tone or anything, but it's like you think about some of these other uh, grotesque like movies that are really good. I don't even want to name, um, but you th- it's it's good. It's like well made. It's it's well acted. It has a, a interesting story. It's well shot. Everything. It's just a wild. You can't believe the shit that's happening on screen. Y- yes, I I I agree. I, I I love that it uh um it made it. I thought it was like from the 30s. For I'm like, wait a minute, it's like a noir, yeah, like yeah. A noir, a noir feel to it, big time. Yeah, it's crazy to me Even that it was score. only 1990. Even the score, because like the yeah. score has that kind of like noir jazzy at the beginning, where I'm where I was got really nervous. I'm like, oh crap, this isn't a horror movie. It, it, it ends, it's yeah. in there. It's de- it's definitely in there. It's, you know when they there's there's killing and gut dumping and and a mummy and there's de- yeah there's I mean I don't know the it's right. classic horror. <laughs> there's deboweling. I don't know when they're 
putting the guts up on the table is fucking gross yeah. and awesome and it's uh, strangely almost, like like cupping like that bothered me more than like some <laughs> of the other stuff. Even yeah. though I know that's like a standard thing, like the I don't know. I, yeah, I love when she breaks the fourth too. wall and is talking to the screen. Like yeah. I love that stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think what Andy said about the story is is what the story is, and it's all there, and that's a great story, and it works. It's just there's also it's also just told by a madman, and uh, I I I started. You know, uh, I think everyone had that. What the fuck is going? What is? Is it more than one language? Is this? Yeah, that. Yeah, too. that that threw me off. They as just well. they. What I loved about it is they just took the rule book and the norms and they threw it in the trash and said, "Let's just let's just do what feels good. Let's just see what. Let, let's just try some shit and hold hold on and." By the end, I'm like, God damn, this fucking weird, weird, weird fucking movie. I liked it. <laughs> I don't know. It's effective because, I mean, obviously, it's a, it's a, it's almost like a two hour car crash. You can't take yeah. your eyes off yeah. it. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, it, it puts your ass in the seat. I mean, you can't take that away from it. But another thing that I wanted to mention, I mean, that dinner scene. I mean, it's, it's oh, almost sick. beat. Well, but yes, but so it's gross. at the same time, it's, it's almost beat for beat. If you've ever seen Death Game, it's almost exactly the same scene. It's just like because this this guy is just watching these two women just eat like freaking pigs, and it's yeah, it's it's nauseating. It's ugh. so it's very much an experimental film, hiding under a narrative film. I was gonna say yeah, don't yeah yeah don't get too scared at that because it is there is a narrative to it there is a story ish <laughs> no it's in there and it, it's there and it works because it's you know it's a good good enough story but man it's there's some weird shit it's just it's these two women that live alone in the middle of nowhere and they've got nothing else to do but just <laughs> have kink sex all the time like there's role playing like the movie starts off after you know after the burial um, you know, it goes right into where they're doing a, they're having a role, they role playing, yeah. mm-hmm. um, the arrival of, of Laura that they apparently killed three years prior and the role playing that night where she shows up and they kill her. So the daughter's playing Laura and she, you know, they go, they go through the whole thing where she's carrying in a suitcase and she's pretending to be this Laura girl and mom's sitting in the chair and she's like, kneel down and just right out of the gate, man, you know, the girl kneels down and the mom pulls up the dress and there's this strap on right there. And she forces right her daughter's head down on the strap on. And wow. Wow. So when that, no when, that role, when that role play came back into the play towards the end. Yeah. And that's where I found the horror element that I thought that scene was really disturbing and creepy. Let's just seeing, seeing him there, spoiler alert, but seeing Singapore sling sitting there in the dress with all that makeup on, which I've seen that image before with no context. And even, (laughs) even, even then I'm like, that guy looks pretty creepy. He's got to be some crazed killer in some movie or whatever. No, he's the protagonist. What? Anyway. And then like, and then he pulls back the dress and the surprise that she has for him like holy oh i was like oh my god and i was just i was just happy when they redid the role play at that moment and he pulls back the dress right away that we don't have to watch her pick up and set down the suitcase 30 or 40 times like she did in the first part of the movie 
for for a guy that's been bleeding out and being electroshocked <laughs> for like 48 hours, this guy's got like the strongest constitution I've ever seen in my life. Real. I think the and, most and horrifying he was raped twice. I say the most horrifying part for me was realizing that um Ashlyn and Abe would be watching yeah. this. Uh so I want to hear what they thought. Yeah, uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> this one's a lot to digest. That's true. Uh I don't I didn't like uh the fourth wall breaking personally. I felt like he he relied on it too much to tell the story and like to narrate everything that it it kind of like took me out of it. Um that and what was the obsession with him tying his shoes? That drove me nuts. I did like Laura. She did good as an actress. I mean, she was batshit crazy and that's what she was supposed to do. So, amen to that. But Man, I don't know. But the the worst thing about this movie, I think, is the fact that it did intrigue me so much. Like, it just left me thinking, and I'm obsessing <laughs> of, like, what this movie means, uh-huh. and it drives me nuts. And I, I can't, I, I don't know. <laughs> I hated it. <laughs> I hated it so much. There's just so much that, like... I don't need to experience this, and I had to watch it, and I was mad the whole time that I was having to watch this, and I was like, this is so dumb. (laughs) But, um, I mean, it was obviously good acting, because, like, I was pissed. (laughs) Um, And I would just like to say that I was 11 months old when this movie came out, so. (laughs) Just saying. And I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry to put you through it no he's not you you come to this you get on the show and this is what i give you right (laughs) although i did love the like victorian style like old costume and the house was like super dope Mm -hmm. so that was cool the setting the settings were great yeah it was amazing i just uh boo no i (laughs) not shocked on that one it's just it's good to hear you finally say it out loud. Yep. I had to that. hold it in yeah, know. for like two days. <laughs> I just, I loved, I just, uh, I, I really loved the ballsiness of, of try of just trying, of just being out there, you know? I don't know. Is I appreciate it. I tried not to, I try, I really tried not to, but, um, uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. I appreciated that so much. Because there's nothing like this movie in the world. Uh, that's yeah. that's for sure. It's one of a kind, man. It's like I I I felt like I needed to like sanitize after I watched this film. Yes, you know? like you need to shower. <laughs> See, I feel I like want- there's a line though between like when you go out there and then when you just do something shocking just because you can. Like, I, I feel like there's yeah. a lot of the things that he just did it just to do it because no one's done it before. But I don't feel like the motivation, I don't understand the motivation behind doing it is what I'm trying to get at. Well, that's that's an interesting um, topic there because I watched, I have watched a lot of really shocking cinema. And <laughs> I don't know what where that line is, but I, I, I have moments where I, because movies like that don't, Movies like this really don't affect me too much compared to the shit I've seen. But I don't know where that line is, but I have those moments where I'm like, yep, this is just 
this is just some idiot just trying to shock me um, <laughs> right. for shock's sake and no su- substance. You know, like I don't know the, that I felt the human. That, yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't feel that with this. I did not feel that way with this movie, and I think maybe because I don't feel that way, but you do. Is that because I've experienced more of those type of movies? Like okay. human, the human centipede but, movies, which are way, especially the first one, yeah. is way less shocking than this movie. But I feel like that movie was made just for the shock value, and that that pisses me off. Let like, me. I'm let me all ask for this. gross and shocking content. I love that stuff, but it's it's you, you, you it has to have more to it than just to be there to be shocking and gross. Hey Mike, let let me ask you. Well, let me ask everybody this. I mean, do you think this this movie is obviously shocking? I mean, that's we've we've established that. But being said, you know, this is the black and white episode. Do you think this movie? Um, what do you think this movie would have a different, even more different effect on us if this was in color? Oh. Gross. That's a good now, question. I think. We we we've we've got we've got pee pee and puke puke and you know and it's 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 gonna it's probably gonna be a whole a whole another ball game you know. Oh, the dinner scene! Can oh, you imagine that in oh, color? No. Oh, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> he was doing oh. us a favor by putting it in black and white. I yes. think I, I think I'm thinking about it too hard, maybe, but. Kind of thinking like maybe my attitude would change if it was in color. It maybe it would feel more shocking for shock's sake. Exactly. That's weird. But I thought it the black and white definitely seemed I don't know incredibly intentional with the time oh, period definitely. that the movie is in and yeah, and it's a it's a like it's it's and he's trying to go for like a film noir kind of yeah. kind of yeah. piece too, yeah. and mm-hmm. that's that's just a classic. But yeah, this this oh, in color. God, why'd you make me think about that? <laughs> This movie's not for the faint of heart. Just nope. did you warn people about that already? Did you say that? Gosh, well, I gave a warning t- about. I know some of the. That's you tough. Know. It's a tough one. It's on YouTube though for free. You should watch it, everybody. <laughs> oh, don't do it! Don't yeah. do it! Right, or you can watch it on Disney Plus. No yes. <laughs> way in hell! It's on there. Make sure your doors lock. Uh, make sure no one else is home. Your blinds are cl- like shuttered. <sighs> I don't yeah. even, and you didn't just eat. Cover all your yeah. bases. <laughs> and clear your browser history. <laughs> I'd rather be caught watching porn. For real, though. 100%. I, I literally I woke up early to try to get this out of the way. So I was like watching this at like 6 in the morning with my, with oh. my morning coffee and stuff. And I'm Cat like, on your lap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, I was hiding. I was like covering Bob's eyes as we were watching. Like, Don't look, Don't look, Bob. Yeah, Tina got home and I'm like, sweetie, you dodged a bullet on this one. Oh. I think you dodged a bullet by not yeah, having her that, there. When that true, you might be moving back in with Mike. <laughs> I think another thing that helps separate it from being a movie just for shock. Um, versus a movie that's got shocking things for me is also, I, I kind of, I really thought the dialogue was written well, like the performances were great. And, you know, I mean, I like the fourth wall breaking stuff too. And some of those monologues I thought were very well written. I liked them a lot. Um, and again, I liked all the performances, even though some of the daughters, 
um, mannerisms annoyed the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mentioned before during the role play uh, at the beginning of the movie, she's holding that suitcase and she sets it down and picks it up like 30, 40 times and it was driving me up the freaking well, the, wall. The like, mom like redoes lines without cutting. It's. I was wondering if that was intentional I know, or if they I just missed know. some cuts. I know. Yeah, no, so, the, scene, some, the way she delivered some of her dialogue, like she just like ran a hundred meter dash, it was it was weird. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and mommy, she doesn't like me to to, to smoke. And, uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ, They're that was perfect. Cray cray for sure. And here's another. Like, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Uh, you go ahead, please. Another thing for me that again separates it is that. When that moment happens, and I knew it was going to happen with between the mother and the daughter, yep. um, I I still felt something, you know. Even though these are despicable characters, I still felt something. And even though I knew it was going to go this route, it had to, right? Um, Wait, which part? Uh, the yeah, okay. The, when when when, yeah. the, when the mother gets it. Oh, I thought you meant okay. when they did it. It was such a <laughs> I, I was, was going to say, like, his weird. pants tightening. I know. What I, <laughs> That's what there. he felt. All right. <laughs> uh, just saying that, like, yeah. you know, it it was an emotional moment. Like, for sure. Not, not I want to necessarily say that I felt bad for the mother, but it still affected me on an emotional level. It was a, yeah. you know, again, I knew that it was going to have to go that route. And, you know, it was still like a shocking moment. And then and I think that goes back to just, again, like the performances and the way the story's told, even though it's got all this shocking stuff in it. Um, I just, I think if, uh, I, I want to see Joe Bob's drive-in totals for this. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's like D- David Lynch with a dildo. Strap on foo. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Puke foo. Oh man! Pee pee foo! <laughs> oh, I really did that. Oh jeez. <laughs> okay. All right. We can. Thanks, Mike. Move on. You're welcome. You said you liked it. <laughs> worst movie I, I've ever I, seen. I in didn't my say life. I. Hate. <laughs> it might be the worst. Glowing movie review. <laughs> <laughs> Golden shower review. Oh. I mean, this is a horrible, horrible comparison. <laughs> But I, be great. I think about pink flamingos. Yeah, and there's still a charm to it. That, yeah. That's that's it. Underneath like, all that grossness, you you say you can't look away, you know, like a car accident or whatever, or a train wreck. But I also feel like you can't look away because you're just captivated by by the characters in the story. Yeah. And it, it, pink flamingos is that way too. There's a ton of shocking stuff in it. But I know I've shown that movie to a ton of people that <laughs> should, probably should watch. never have watched that movie, but still laughed at the right spots and um, was engaged in the story and and found the characters as gross and despicable as they are uh, somewhat endearing enough to follow for an hour and a half. What what did Simon think of it? Oh. It's his favorite. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Not... <laughs> Pink flamingo's birthday cake. Oh, God. <laughs> shaped like a dog turd. A dog. Yeah. <laughs> hey, for those out there listening, I did not show my oh, son pink flamingos. Yeah, DHS. They did watch Singapore Sling together. Oh. Yes. 
Bye, Simon. <laughs> so, moving on quickly, our next movie. Tad, what's our next film? Our next film is Darling. Is it true what they say about this place? Oh, old ghost stories. But the caretaker threw herself off the upstairs balcony. Ma'am, there's one room that I can't get into. Don't concern yourself with that room, dear. Am I clear? Yes, ma'am. Waiting for anybody? I was waiting for you. They have got to tell you this kind of thing before you move in, right? That it's haunted? It's true. Okay, Darling, this is about as simple as a movie can be, but I really loved it. Uh, it's a black and white movie that's divided up, I believe, in six chapters. And basically, a young, lonely girl is uh, hired to be a caretaker for a big apartment building. And it uh, turns out that the former person who had her job girl jumped off the roof of the building, killed herself, and... We soon find out that this place is sort of haunted and um, sort of possesses the people who stay there. There's a room that's locked at the end of the hallway. Um, She invites a guy over for some drinks and bad shit happens. Uh, But it's at its core, it's very, very simple. A very sort of quiet, moody film, but I loved it. I'm excited to hear what you guys thought of this one. I dug it. This movie was amazing. <laughs> yeah, good. Ashlyn, I want to hear. <laughs> uh, actually, I I really really liked it, and I like how it was done. Um, I'm a scaredy cat though, so halfway like through, my notebook was in front of my face, and I was like peeking. Oh, some of those <laughs> like the loud so moments. Scared. Oh, yeah. jump! A lot of good jump stuff, like with the sound. Like, uh, yeah. yeah, they put the music in like the perfect spots and like the creepy um, changing of the scenes, like when you're looking at her face and it like switches to a creepy face. Oh, God, it gets me and I'm so scared. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good, though. I loved it. Yeah, I thought it was great. No, I thought the quick cuts that they did that Ashley was talking about, like between the different like ex- expressions and the uh, the sound design and everything was just geared in such a way where it made you feel like you were on this journey with her and you were stuck, like going insane with her. And it was really cool yeah. how they did everything. Really gave you a perspective on her train of thought. And, <clears throat> oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's really, it's really well made and just, you know, 
her psychological and even in the house she's not really psychologically breaking because she goes to like uh was that 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 jazz club that bar kind of like a trendy little place where she meets the guy and she just you know kind of loses it in the bathroom there for a minute and yeah and it was i always i like seeing uh you know you don't see sean young um or uh Finkel and Einhorn in very many, <laughs> very many films these days, and it was it was kind of cool to see her. I, that's what I thought, at yeah. least when I first saw her. Yeah, a movie with Shang Young, and she's not the craziest one in the movie, right? She's exactly, only in it right? for like a few minutes. Yeah, yeah. Jason, oh gosh, guys, I hate <laughs> to do this to you, but I. So all the things you guys have been saying, I I completely agree, but. But like, yeah, there's a big fat butt coming. Yeah, well, like, call me fat. Here's the thing. Uh, I don't know if I liked it. So, what? no, I didn't. <laughs> what? Here's, here's, and here's why. And here's why. Jason didn't like. And here's why. Yeah, I know. Yeah. No, I, here's why because it didn't have the A24 logo at the no! beginning. <laughs> yes, helped. that would have helped. But no, <laughs> I here's. My two biggest things were I was very unclear with, and she's a great actress and I liked her in this and that's all great, but I was very unclear with her motivation and what acting she was, what her face was doing to the camera (laughs) through the whole movie. Uh, it made me not understand what was happening in the movie. Thank you. I, I, she should, I was sitting here feeling dumb listening to Ted's description because I'm in the same boat as you. I I didn't know she was possessed. I thought she was crazy yeah, the whole movie. Right. I I got crazy. Well, see, I went back and forth between that. I and and the fact that we are split on it is enough to tell me I don't think they made it clear enough. Not like. And I, I don't always need my hand held through a movie or anything. And, sure. And she it, should have broken the fourth wall and explained it to the that camera. Would have helped. <laughs> that would have helped, but in French. But in Apparently French. So. What the heck? So, I I mean, I so I'm with her in this movie, but I'm just like, it's not, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't understand what and why she was doing what she was doing because of her face. And... <laughs> Because she wasn't Wait, giving me the right the right emotions to tell me what was happening or what she I'm was doing. I'm not entirely convinced she was like possessed. I was just like maybe she was just always crazy, and then just like well, see, the that, house has a way of bringing the crazy out of. The that's person. what I see. That's what I thought. I mean, from the moment she shows up on screen, I thought like, okay, this character's crazy, and this is going to be a downward spiral of her craziness. Well, then why and, was it this a big deal made about this house? Yeah, that's being haunted. Same thing. I'm thinking the same. If thing. it's her being crazy, then it was the house that made her crazy. But, what about this room? What does that have to do with anything if she's crazy? Or that's, is it the house? The, that, I think that's kind of the MacGuffin. Now, you know, it's just I like, think it's fine and cool and creative to not tell us any of that, you know, and that's fine. You can do that and leave questions for us, and that's fine. I just, at the end of the day, I was like, I don't know. What the heck is going on with her face in this movie? <laughs> just all about her I, face. This poor I liked gals. that her face was like nothing. I loved that part of I, it. I agree. I liked. <laughs> I have no problems with her face. It's just what her face chose to do to tell me the story. I was very. It didn't help me understand. 
And then secondly, I know Abe kind of talked about it as being a good thing. And I, uh, it felt like an editing device crutch. All this jumpy, jumpiness, this editing. I felt like it was just a, here's a editing assignment in class to do some spooky <laughs> editing. And this movie was made by an editor, not by a filmmaker. And that's the harsh way. I don't mean it necessarily that badly, but I can see your point. But like there was so much all the all the all the jumpy the music cues were all like if if this movie took out them jumpy cuts, what would this movie have to give me? In the I wouldn't have been scared though. <laughs> and that's and, and that's what I'm trying to say. Where nicely. it's a crutch, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I I disagree. <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Well, like, like uh, looking. Sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I'm good. I, I was just gonna say, looking back at like John Carpenter's Halloween, he screened it for several critics without the score, and they hated it. He added the score; they loved it. So, of course, without music and jump scenes. Oh, and and I really like the score that is the in score there. Is good. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, Mickey Keating, the writer director, I, I had read that he was. Uh, I don't know. Mickey could be guy or girl. I'm not sure. It's but, a guy. Um, okay, he was uh, watching like 60s horror films while writing this, and got, that's why it's black and white. Just uh, clearly, like early Polanski inspired. Uh, I don't know. Just oh, I has could, that. I could see that. That feeling of quiet eeriness. You know, and I dug it just because it's simplicity, like going from Singapore sling, which is a little bit like all over the place, confusing. Why are they making these choices to this? This is really easy to follow because there's almost nothing to it. It's it's such a simple little package. And, you know, it's a low budget movie and, you know, he he got it on glass eye picks. You know, he put Larry Fessenden in the movie. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so that they'd put it out on glass eye picks, and because uh, he's a fan of Larry and Larry's work, and and that's great. And I know it was a big deal for him to get him in the movie and got him to put out the movie. You guys might recognize uh, Keating; he was the host of the Core on Shutter, that little talk show. Oh, you remember yeah, that? Yeah. That's where he kind of got a little boost. He was doing that before the Core. Remember that? Yep, a fun little show. Yeah, I love it. I always wished it gone another season. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. But then he got these movies, so that might have had part <laughs> to do with it. Why yeah. didn't? But anyway, I don't I don't not like the movie. I just, you know, if only for argument's sake, I didn't want anyone to like it too much. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Dude, I feel like <laughs> I'm a hundred percent in the same camp as you. And I I my jaw hit the floor when you <laughs> when you were talking there, man, I was like shocked. I'm, I thought I was going to be like the super odd man out on this one. I usually am. Right. Um, you know, I just, I too, you know, I love simplistic stories with small casts next to nothing casts. And I always say what fascinates me about movies like that is that if you can captivate me and hold my attention and, and suck me in to the story uh that's what i love about those movies and when they work they work and this one was all of those things but did not really suck me in to the story and did not you know, i found it confusing as well i i at certain points i'm like why are we hanging on this whole haunted house thing when clearly that's not what's happening here um even though there's some really cool 
things that they did with the haunted house aspect. I love that shot where she's laying in bed and her head's in the foreground, extreme oh, yeah. foreground, and uh, that door opens behind her. That was cool. That was creepy. Yeah. Um, you know, but so scary. But it wasn't a movie that <laughs> that kept my t- attention, and so I kind of feel like it failed in that experiment of something simplistic that holds my attention. Um, beautifully shot. I too oh, love yeah. the score. Absolutely. Um, uh, uh, yeah, great use of the black and white. Just Shocking. right out of the gate, yeah. I wanted to love this movie with all my heart. When you just get those beautiful cityscape shots, oh yeah, in the black and white, just looks so fucking cool. <clears throat> but yeah, at the end of the day, and, and 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 I'm with Jason too, where I'm saying I don't hate it. I'm just it's it's probably not going to be one that I'm going to rush out to put in my collection or most- ever want to watch again. And I'm glad I watched it. It's mostly because I just didn't understand it the first time. I think if I read something or found out really a little more, that would help me like it. Because I, you know, again, he made a movie and that's fucking awesome. And it is beautiful and it's great and scary and cool as fuck. And it just, yeah. There's, I mean, there's a lot to like. Yes, absolutely. That's what I was trying to say. There's a lot to like in it. Just at the end of the day, it, it wasn't a movie that I connected with. So, and I think on the same pages of what you're talking about, of just like, you know, the story being kind of confusing. And, but for me, at the end of the day, too, it just it didn't hold my attention the way other simplistic movies do. Abe, rebuttal. I, got, I'm sorry. I, I can't argue with it, I, to be honest. I mean, I see what you're saying 100%. It's just for some reason. I felt like the fact that it didn't explain everything. I don't even think she knew fully what was going on. And I think that's the whole point of like the movie in my head. It's like, yeah. it's kind of, you see it from her point of view and it's kind of like you get sucked into her life and what she's going through. That's how I viewed everything. So, I mean, I, but I do, I do see your point. You yeah. So did, points here. so did this guy do something to her before the movie started? Yeah, I was trying I thought to figure it was a random what? encounter the first time when he picked up the necklace. But she seemed to like know who he was that first time. Yeah. And she just but then kept his, following him home and hanging out in front of his building and why is but she then obsessed his driver's with this one encounter? Changed. Right. Yeah, it wasn't him. I think she got confused and thought it was someone who had done something uh-huh. to her, but then like cuz the driver the driver's license scene is my favorite. Because, like, you see one name, and then it just flips, and it's like, oh, you killed the wrong guy type of thing, and I love it. And that's when she has, like, a, a breakdown at that point. It's just, uh, hmm. so, so, yeah, I don't know so what So the house has some influence, him. maybe. I feel like it was the the upside-down cross, like the necklace yeah. that yeah. she found, maybe. And then also because the house is bonkers i don't know and maybe because she's crazy she's just more susceptible <laughs> it's like three yeah. things of yeah. crazy maybe <laughs> and it has to be i mean the house has to be part of it because yeah of the way they set up her as this replacement and at the end there's another replacement in this yeah and well yeah he's the same so it has to yeah, be sean young gave the exact same, same disclaimer so gotta be the to the girl at the beginning too like you know there's history with this house and the last person that house watched it. So yeah, yeah, you know, I guess there is that with the house. I kind of took it as that lady. Um, did you say her name was Sean Young or whatever? Yeah. yeah. The okay. House um, I took it as her being like a collector of like, like souls or yeah, something. Yeah. Oh, like she's like, trying to pull all these people in to like 
make them crazy and make them kill themselves. I don't know. It was crazy. What's in the room? Pictures. Same thing that's in the uh, <laughs> Pulp Fiction briefcase. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> no, that shines gold. We don't see what's in Yeah, because it's black and white. Oh, you got me. Oh. Dang it. No. It's good. And it's on Prime for those who want to see it. So, Jason, what's our last movie? Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. Our last movie of the night. I saved it for you. Oh, I know. And this one does have that sweet little hey, something logo in there. Anyway, <laughs> from 2019, The Lighthouse. A timberman want with being a wiki. Just looking to earn a living. It's like any man. Starting new. On the run. Keeping secrets, are you? No, sir. Why just spill your beans? Lighthouse keepers try to maintain their sanity while living on a remote and mysterious New England island in the 1890s. How about this movie, guys? Huh? Right? <laughs> I fucking love it. Oh, I, oh, Salt and Theaters. I yeah, it's it's my aesthetic. I know it's art house, uh, fancy horseshit sometimes, but um, <laughs> maybe a little pretentious. But I I love it. Directed by Robert Eggers, the genius who brought us The Witch in 2015. <laughs> oh, man. Starring Willem Dafoe as the fart master himself. <laughs> oh, my yeah. goodness. Why'd you spill your beans? Robert Pattinson, Thomas Howard, if whatever his name is, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Guys, this movie's so cool. I, I, You know what I'm going to say about it and Tad's going to say about it. What would you guys think? Mike, is this your first time? This is my first time, and, which is kind of one of the reasons you know we were chatting before recording, and the reason why the movies were picked the way they were picked, because um, this topic was yours. This yeah. was uh, one that you suggested, and you gave a short list, and you had some great movies on the list, but I just felt like you know we had talked sure. about them you know a few times on the show, and I kind of wanted to do something different. Um, even though I know the lighthouse has been talked about by you and Tad on this show, but not by <laughs> all of us. So this one was kind of a cheat in the fact that I wanted to finally get around to seeing it. So I'm glad I saw it. Good. 
<laughs> that was the nicest thing he had to say about it. Great. <laughs> Get it over with. Um, this Here's the interesting thing, man. All three of these movies are very similar in the fact that um, not a big cast. Nope. Very small, minimal casts. Yep. Um, all of them simplistic stories. Weird aspect ratios. All of them. All of them um, black and white. All of yeah. them... Uh, also, I feel like have unreliable narratives. Like mm-hmm. all three of them are have you characters. Can't trust any of them can are, you? are that our main character? Yeah, you can't trust what you're seeing in I all like three that. of these movies. Yeah, because um, all of our, um, you know, the, the the people that we're following in these movies are kind of losing it, cuckoo, nutty, and yeah, losing it, going down, aspiring down. And this movie uh, uh, tries really, really hard to send you into the madness that they are in. And I really appreciate it for that. I don't know I don't know if it was a hundred percent affected for me affected for me. And I think maybe part of that is you know how I feel about slow burns. Yep. Um so the movie felt a little draggy on at times. Um and and repetitive in some things at times. Um, performances were great. Oh, like, those my guys, gosh. yeah. Like but William Defoe alone. I mean, I love him anyway. But this is probably the coolest thing he's ever done. Maybe I, yeah, I'm, for real. I'm, you know, um, and I just love that over the top, that over the top cartoon sailor accent of his through this whole thing. It's, it was so cool, yet funny, yet kind of dark at times and it's this whole performance and you know some of the uh some of the imagery and and and, and again with all three of these movies uh, there's moments where i'm just like i'm not sure what is um what is real i mean obviously there's things that are, you know, <laughs> are obviously not real like him coming across a mermaid and it wasn't real. and uh looking at her mermaid <laughs> vagina was it you know, but uh, but like. I mean, did he did he really he witness did somebody get to see did... Edward Bona mermaid? That was fun. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, did William Defoe really chase him around the lighthouse with an axe, or was it him? Mm-hmm. You know, because you know, like, yeah. so I don't know. You know what was really up there in the actual light part of the lighthouse? It's a true was descent gas- into or madness, was gas- yeah. or was he gaslighting him? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, um. So it's a good movie. It's a beautiful movie. Again, makes really great use of the black and white. Um, some really cool imagery. I mean, one of my favorite shots is when they're fighting and basically William Defoe turns into the crack and that was cool with the <laughs> octopus tentacles and stuff. That was fun. Yeah. That was fun. <clears throat> um, but just for me personally, it, it was a bit long. Um, I mean... There's a certain point in the running time where it's like I'm I'm getting what you're doing. You don't have to keep, you know. But that's mm-hmm. but I'm I'm also kind of torn because I feel like, you know, that's the point as well that it's long, on purpose of being annoyingly long. I'll be honest. This was because, only my second time watching it, and it was way faster the second time. Oh, well, like it? Did, maybe it I will felt watch like it a normal movie. But I, I feel like the length was intentional. But I not felt to that be, the first time too. Yeah. Not to be long as far as like in the you know the pretentious yep. sense, to, like Tad was saying, to but play into the this is what it feels like to be stuck on a is, fucking yeah. rock to keep you as yeah. uncomfortable as possible to make you yeah, yeah to, put you in the to make to put you with the characters yeah because yeah. these people are stuck on this rock for God knows how long and you're stuck watching this movie for God knows how long 
That, that sounded like a jab, but <laughs> I didn't. But you know what I'm saying? Yep. So, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I have issues with it just in in the just me personally in the length, and um, I thought you know things could have been a little tighter. Uh, yeah. Um, in the whole. I, I I didn't really, and maybe it was the time of day I watched it or something, or the circumstances I watched it. I probably would be right there with Tad if I watched it in the theater like he did with the experience of this movie. But I didn't feel like I got sucked into the madness for me, you know, quite right. But still, beautiful movie, great performances, and you know, if if I was Cisco or Ebert, I would still give it a thumbs up. <laughs> I agree with with You're Mike Ebert. on this one, but I felt like <laughs> I felt like it needed like a little bit more. I mean, I can only watch two guys get shit faced, river dance, and furiously <laughs> masturbate for two hours in a lighthouse, you know, for so long. Um, you used but, to say three or four hours was enough. I uh, yeah. What <laughs> this isn't even two hours, just, guys. Come just on. on the river dance and the masturbation. Uh, <laughs> but um, it's I unbel- shot unbelievably well. Uh, just unbelievable performances. I mean, at some points it did kind of have me laughing because oh, like yeah. because I, I mean obviously when they're just they're completely just trashed out of their minds because they were mixing honey with kerosene and like you know <laughs> yeah and oh, when shit. that water bursts through there jesus christ that's hilarious um but there was times when it's like you said his over-the-top sailor voice i was just like when they were talking about food my like my mind automatically went to like mr Krabs from spongebob squarepants <laughs> you know it's just like say you like me crabby patties say it <laughs> you know um yeah just the the um the confliction that that uh this i guess his name was real name was thomas howard um, that was a kind of nice, um, sub story, you know, it's just like when, particularly when, uh, kind of like how William Defoe's kind of picking his brain. I was just like, have you completely lost your mind? Maybe you still think you're up in the Canadian wilderness, you know, cutting timber. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, wow, that's, that's like, that's really, really. Yeah. That was a good. That was a good speech. I liked that a lot too, because I was thinking the same thing. That was a total mind fuck right there. It was. I was just like that. That really drew me out. I was like, oh shit. I'm just like, there's, 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 there's a lot more. There's a lot more to this. I mean, it's just like I, I'm, I'm on the fence because I wish, I just wish it had a, just a little, a little bit more. Um, no, but that's what it yeah. wanted to give you. You know, just tease you enough. Just. Uh, just, just, just teases. I had one moment during the movie where I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, "Oh my God, what if, what if William Defoe isn't even real?" Right. And then he yeah. says that at one point. <laughs> yeah. I thought at first, and then he said it, and I'm like, "Oh fuck, that's where it's gonna go." And I mean, it doesn't, or does it? I don't even know. I don't yeah. even know. I don't know. <laughs> he doesn't okay. know. <laughs> it's. Yeah, I mean, uh, this. And maybe that's what works in this movie because it it as soon as it may, might answer some questions, it automatically starts posing more, and mm-hmm. you're you're kind of you're kind of back to square one, and nothing really gets resolved. I mean, you don't know what's in the lantern, why you know it's 
why it's spooking Ephraim and it's not, you know, completely uh, freaking out Tom. Was Tom protecting Ephraim from the lantern? Because apparently it didn't do Ephraim very much good because at the end he dies. Spoiler alert, sorry. But, um, yeah, yeah, the, you know, the, the more I feel like, God, I wanted more and I don't want to watch it again. But now that we're talking, <laughs> now I want to watch it again, but I don't want to watch it again. I, I don't like what it's doing to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's a good thing, too. I mean, it is a horror movie, but yeah. Well, that's about I all I got this on this one. Oops, sorry. Abster. Yeah, uh, sorry. When I first watched this, I was actually more in Andy and Mike's camp, but then it sat with me for a few days, yeah. and it just kept me thinking, and kept me <laughs> yeah. thinking, and I, I just love this movie. Uh, I picture this movie is like what Wes Anderson's fever dreams look like. <laughs> it's Everything yes. is gorgeous, and just everything is batshit crazy at the same time. Um. I also was reading in the trivia, and apparently, I don't remember the names, but it's based on mythology characters. Prometheus. Prometheus, there we go. And, and Poseidon. And Poseidon. <laughs> and Willem Dafoe is supposed to be the keeper of the light of the world, and uh, Ephraim is punished for stealing the light from the world. It's what I understand, and that's why he was punished by being killed and... I mean, I, I, this whole movie, I feel like every scene is something that has like this deep hidden message and just, mm -hmm. there's so much to pick over. And the score was oh, one of the, the most score. interesting scores. <laughs> that foghorn. Just the foghorn alone. Oh, the foghorn oh, was very effective. Jesus, yeah. it's scary. Yeah, the, man. the wife said you could make a drinking game out of that. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> I mean, it's droning for a reason because you're stuck in this place with them. And, and from what I read um, while shooting this movie, they uh, Robert Pattinson was drunk a lot and him and Willem Dafoe had to be separated. Like it was miserable for everyone. They, they fought in real life. Um, it was quite the movie to make from what I hear. Wow. Nice. And I, that poor seagull. <laughs> my god. Oh, oh, that's and, and oh my god. Before I forget, if you're on Facebook, look up Robert Pattison killing a goal to various songs. Um there's about <laughs> thousands oh of videos god. where they edit this video to the to the beat of songs and it's oh my favorite my Facebook page. God. Oh my god. <laughs> I know what I'm doing after Oh this. damn it. Uh, yeah, same. <laughs> but we haven't heard Jeez. what Ashlyn yeah. thought. Yeah. Um Honestly, I don't know. <laughs> like, I love one movie, I hate one movie, and this one's very... I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I thought it was That's interesting. That's a win. That's a win. I mean, can you really say that, though? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I liked it, but I didn't like it. And I don't even know why sense. I didn't like it. Um, but I liked some of the, like, the artsy... Like artsy fartsy behind the, uh, fartsy. no pun intended, <laughs> uh, behind the like gross, the really gross shots. Like when the old sailor man is, uh, eating and talking about it's bad luck to kill a seabird or whatever. Yeah. And he's like spitting food out and stuff. Like I liked it, but I was also grossed out, obviously. But, mm -hmm. um, 
yeah, I just don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I think I need a few more days to like process. <laughs> Y'all need to watch it again. But no, <laughs> I can't watch it again while I'm processing. Yeah, yeah I may watch good, it again. The good someday, thing is, it's just like you're you're the what's what's making this film effective is that you're not indifferent about it. It's like you yeah. know you're 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 affected. You're affected in some way, shape, or form. You, you're not, you know, you're not leaving it aside. It's just like it's, it's, it's effective because you you can't really you're pinpointed and it's still on your mind days later. So there's something to be said about that. It's it's been a while since I've looked up stuff about this film, but I think I remember like one of the things I love about it is um, the director Eggers. He fucking meticulously recreated this entire set from scratch. Yeah. Every ounce of everything you see on screen was made in this 1890s era. I mean, every single thing was created for this movie with painstaking, loving care to make sure that it was accurate to the time. And I know everyone's saying over the top uh, with Willem Dafoe, but... Same meticulous, uh, crazy amount of homework done uh, to make sure that their dialects were correct and right. Like straight up Daniel Day Lewis type shit. That kind of stuff. And it, and he was, was actually, kind of not, not Hitler about it, but you know, like was just like very much uh, making sure that every single detail was as accurate as could be. All everything. From top to bottom, and that that kind of attention to detail gets me really excited. <laughs> and seriously, if you please, when you watch it again, I'm not kidding you. Some <laughs> of these Willem Dafoe speeches are fucking six pages of dialogue. Oh, it's, and it just yeah, keeps man. going without yeah. a cut, and you're like, motherfucker, yeah. this guy is good. When uh, he gives absolutely. the sea curse oh, after uh, he oh, doesn't like the lobster, uh, he, it said <laughs> that he he did not blink for over two minutes. Yeah. It was so good. And he's pumping his fists up and down. I mean, he's just like, yeah, And it's no man. wonder these guys are pissed off and fighting each other. They spent months in this wet fucking lighthouse. Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah it was freezing. Uh, yeah, they said yeah. that the, the filming conditions were just unbearable is what it was. Rain and snow, uh, there was no protection. Uh, much Eggers of the film was it. shot in real weather elements, so rain and wind machines weren't needed most of the time. Oh, that shot when they were out on there when he was waiting for the boat to come back. We're supposed to pick him up that day, and that shot just lasted forever. Them just getting wind belted up on the cliff. Jesus, I was like, it was awesome. Yeah, or go go in this shed and look at this mermaid doll. Pull your pants down in like thirty degree <laughs> weather and pretend to masturbate. But what about my the, god? But what about the ending? Like, there's a minute between him looking into the light. And where he ends up with the actual last shot of the movie, like so, it makes you wonder how how, how much did happen. When when did that when did that happen in the story? Did any of it? If happen? any of it? Yeah. Gosh, this movie's cool. I, I love almost forgot about that. Four movies. I actually forgot about that final shot there for a second. Yeah, because yeah. he's naked on the yeah, getting his eyes. You know, you're like getting eaten out by gulls. So you're like, when did any of this, if any, <laughs> or question this? Was he a ghost the whole time? When did yeah, Ooh. you know so. God, I love, I love it. I love it. Posing more questions. And I think the aspect <laughs> ratio was done intentionally, obviously, to be of, of the time. Not that they had a lot of film rolling back in 1890, but that's why it was that. I forgot that. It's even shorter than 4.3. It's 
It was one to one, basically, yep. or one to one point one six, yeah, or something outrageous. Like who does that? Oh, so cool. No, that was one of the things in the trivia. Like there was like a, a basically a short essay of like mm-hmm. all the, the special filters and everything he used to, to get all the colors right, and it was yeah. it blew my mind how meticulous this guy was. Excellent, very cool lighthouse. Yep, that's also on Amazon Prime for free. Check it out, y'all. So that's it for modern black and white uh, horror movies, guys. But fear not, there's still more Attack of the Killer podcast to come. Uh, after we take a quick break, it'll be segments time on the show. Uh, first, you're going to get to hear a uh, you'll get to hear shout outs and recasting with Christian Slater and Saints picks, all that all that great stuff. So. But first, before that, you're going to hear about our podcast network, the Prescribed Films Podcast Network. Not only is Attack of the Killer Podcast a part of the network, but you can hear many other amazing shows such as Cracktastic Plastic. Pretty, pretty good stuff. First Time. All right. And The Brett and Tony Show. Woo, my favorite. (laughs) However, there are way more podcasts on the network besides those. Um crazy and, uh made by people other than just what's on this <laughs> on this show so there are many more to choose from covering all kinds of topics and you can hear it all at the pfpn.com so check it out and we will be right back you're listening to the prescribed films podcast network home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, and it's that part of the show where we get to hear from you. That's right, you get to talk for a while. And weirdly enough, you all sound like Jason. <laughs> Here's shout-outs. It's time for... Shout-outs! 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 All right, it's time for shout-outs, everybody's favorite segment. On this episode, we ask, what are your favorite modern black and white horror films and up first on our facebook page we have to clear out some of these tabs we have first we have nightmare junkhead oh Oh, me too they said watched abel ferrara's the addiction for the first time and the black and white only emphasized all the pretension and philosophy (laughs) that and it was grand Oh. You're so right. You're so right. <laughs> I did not like that one. I wanted to so bad, but it's tough. It's definitely um, pretentious, yes. Up next, we got the Reebster, Mike Reeb. He says, really liked Darling by Mickey Keating, as well as Diary of Anne Frankenstein from Chillerama. <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Two He's, completely opposite things yes. right there. <laughs> and he says, I also do recommend the movies of Christopher R. Mim. An independent filmmaker oh, yeah. that has been making 50s-style black-and-white sci-fi horror movies in the last 15 years, such as The Giant Spider mm-hmm. and Wereskito Nazi Hunter. Yeah, I've seen several of his movies, too. I have quite a few of his DVDs. met the guy. He's really cool. Yep. Um, he's been to Crypticon. 
making films tabletop up in concept. Minneapolis. Minneapolis, yep. yeah, very cool, cool guy. Um, if anybody's ever seen the movie Last Skeleton of Cadavera, oh, uh, it's in his movies are in that vein where they are. He literally uh, painstakingly tries to recreate the black and white movies of the fifties, but unironically, where like. Last Skeleton of Cadavera has a lot of jokes at the expense of those type of movies. Um, these his uh, his movies are played a hundred percent straight, and um, they're awesome. Love them. Yes. And up next, we got this guy named Brett Royer. You heard him? <laughs> Who's that's, he? That's attacker Brett to y'all. <laughs> he says, "Can I say pie? Not P I E. No, you can't Come say on. it. No." Said Pi. Don't think it's a technically horror, but that movie will screw with your head, especially when he's screwing with his head, screwing his head. That's you know, it. I own that movie. I've owned it for years, and I still have never watched it. It, oh, it's amazing. I know. Maybe that should amazing. be for my next unwrapping. Yeah, but I don't think you're gonna like it, though. I hate to. If you find Requiem for a Dream a joy, you'll love Pi. Exactly. <laughs> Except it's even harder on your head. I am gonna say I don't find it a joy, but I do think it's a great movie. <laughs> Okay, well, no, you watch it. Just don't make me watch it again. <laughs> okay, and then over in our Facebook group edition, uh, we got up first, Jacob McLaughlin says, definitely got to go with The Lighthouse. Robert Eggers is a modern filmmaking master. Also, Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe give two all-timer performances. Absolutely. Attacker Brian J. Gotzel says, two of my favorite are The Eyes of My Mother yeah. Hell yes. A movie fucking rocks. I love that one. Yeah. And he's completely wrong with this one. The Human Centipede 2. Full <laughs> sequence. Brian. <laughs> Not sure if we can remain friends. To be honest, I like two better than one. Yeah. Because at least, I mean, okay. I mean, here's my, here's my <laughs> here freaking go. Human Centipede soapbox bitch here. The first one, it's like, ooh, this is an idea. A human centipede where people's mouths are sewn to asses. Boom, that's the movie. I mean, it doesn't offer anything but just that one bizarre concept. Or at least the part the part two goes down the spiral of, I mean, it's still <laughs> shocking for shocking's sake, yeah. but at least he's doing other things in it where th- things actually happen that are gross and disturbing and not just the single idea. Just kidding, Brian. We'll, we'll be friends forever. Thanks for supporting us uh, on Patreon. Uh, up next, we got Checkmark Dixon says. No way. Checkmark. Easy. Nice. Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. If you were literally talking about black and white films. But the original Halloween is my all-time favorite. Not black and white, but yes. Thank you, Mark. It's good to know. And you can um, you can say you could throw Night of the Living Dead in modern because yeah. you know, color was the was the mainstream of cinema by that point in 1968 so yeah up next we got this andrew wassum says the correct answer is psycho and then there's which is awesome a rabbit hole of mark and andrew talking about things (laughs) i'm probably just gonna skip over that uh tim lenerer says gonna go with a girl walks home alone at night another great one because Sean isn't the only Fiasco family podcaster who enjoys languidly paced, black and white, subtitled foreign language vampire movies. <laughs> the Lost Skeleton of Cadavera and The Lost Skeleton of Cadavera Returns Again are a nice, lot of fun. Nice. Very sincerely crafted parodies of bonkers, ass, low-budget 1950s monsters flicks. Monster flicks. 
Hell yeah, I'm glad. Of course those guys like that movie, as they should. It's it's great. It's great. It's, they're hilarious. And you can make a drinking game out of every time they say um, science in the movie. <laughs> science! He but, blinded me with science. The t- he also goes on to say, believe it or not, Tim goes on to say, <laughs> the 2005 silent adaptation of The Call of Cthulhu is amazingly well done and tries to mimic what could have happened if Lovecraft's story was adapted to film in 1926. I don't think I've seen that one. Mm-mm. I've seen it. We've played it at the, the Capitol. It's pretty awesome. Oh, cool. Uh, Jacob McLaughlin chimes in and says, now I'm kicking myself for not remembering A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. You should, because that movie's great. Nick Leadham says, oh, look out. He says, gonna go with Eraserhead and Man Bites Uh Dog, if that counts. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, Man Bites Dog is a great movie. Up next, we got Brian Clark. He says... I'll second the Lost Skeleton movies ah, yeah. and Call of Cthulhu and add The Whisperer in Darkness. Both of the latter were made by the H.P. Lovecraft Historical Society and where Call oh, did I say that right? uh, uh, is done as a silent film, Whisperer is made like a 1940s Poverty Row programmer. Both are brilliant. The German version of Color Out of Space Die Farby also deserves some love. It handles the color by shooting the movie in black and white with any appearances of the otherworldly shade done in vivid purple. That sounds neat. Definitely have to check that out. Like we all said, Brian talks about it below. Uh, Chad Planbeck uh, chimes in. Um, he says, if you haven't seen it yet, I also highly recommend Blammeyer. And companies a dark and stormy night, which does a, which does to old murder in the mansion mysteries of the 1930s what skeleton did for science for sci-fi of the 1950s. Oh, I think I know that one. I think it's actually made by the same guy who did Lost Skeleton. Ah, uh, yes, very nice. Yeah, and then we got Don and Nelly. He Woo. says the black and white version of The Mist, which is better than the original. And depending on the definition of modern, there's Tetsuo, the Iron Man. Yes. Uh-huh. And the addiction. The Lake Michigan monster must also be included to be considered valid. Yeah. We got Erica Schultz. She says, Possum, oh, the yeah. puppet is nightmare fuel. Yeah, very much so, yeah. And then Peter Parker, the attacker himself, attacker Spider-Man says... <laughs> The Mist and Die Farber, however you say it in German. Gosh dang. And uh, that's we didn't have anything on Instagram or Twitter, um, but uh, anyone can uh, leave us a voicemail, give us a call. We'll play your sweet voice on the show. You can call us at 415-952-6857 or 415-95-AOTKP, and that is shout-outs. Thank you, Jason. Welcome, Mike. And now, the Attack of the Killer Podcast Memorial Theater proudly presents... Proudly? (laughs) The Attack of the Killer Podcast Memorial Theater presents... Acting at its most something. Here's recasting with Christian Slater.
Greetings and salutations, and welcome to another proverbial rape of your ear pussies known as recasting <laughs> with Christian Slater. Oh For each and every wretched line germinates in your mind and assaults your senses all at once. Let's get this showcase to bad taste on the road, shall we? This week, we're bound to ruin a scene from Wes Craven's 1998 <laughs> film, Wishmaster. Introducing first my best friend and yours, playing the part of the hobo, is Don Knotts. How's it going, Donnie? Slater, you fucking son of a bitch! If I ever get out of this studio, I swear to God! Oh, looks like Don's getting into character. Real method type <laughs> shit. Next up, playing the role of the pharmacist, pharmacist excuse me, is Eternia's favorite overlord, Skeletor. Yes. <laughs> yes, I'm back to grant you all what you've been wanting. Me. I've observed those insufferable boobs at Attack of the Killer podcast from Snake Mountain. Tad E. Faces. Jason Bollinger. Insane Mike at Arms. And who's the other fucking putz? I've never heard of the guy. Me neither. Moving on, playing the part of the Wishmaster is rock legend Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> All right, I'm so excited to be playing the role of a pissed-off genie. In my days, Jackie boy, I have emptied many lamps by snorting and drinking, only to find oil and dust. I am hoping a genie would enter my body, but it never happens. Now I get at least to pretend to be one. Um, Oz, I'm pretty sure you were drinking kerosene and snorting human remains. You just described my daughter's first piano suicidal, Jackie boy. <laughs> of course I did. And for the last time, I'm not Jack Nicholson. Oh, that's right, you're playing Christian Slater. <laughs> Before we go any further, I should probably mention that we have a creative consultant on this episode. We have in the studio the actual Wishmaster. Do I call you Wissy or do you call you Jin? Holy shit, a fucking genie! Well, what do I call you? <laughs> you may call me whatever you wish. Now, Slater, make your wishes. I wish I didn't have to do this show anymore. <laughs> As you, uh, yeah, about that, dude. I looked into that, and that shit's ironclad. Not even a gin can fuck with that. What happened to your voice? My voice? Oh, yeah, um, yes, my voice. Uh, let us proceed with the festivities. Right. Page 25, exterior, pharmacy, night. An old hobo approaches a woman as he walks toward the entrance of a pharmacy. Dirty and disheveled, the woman is appalled at the sight of him. Oh, excuse me, lady. Gotta help out an old, older boy? If you, got, if you ain't got any change, a dollar will do it. Hell, I'll even take five. The woman passes by the hobo without saying a word and enters the pharmacy. I'll wait till you get back. The hobo plants his face and hands up against the glass, eyeing the customers inside. 
Anger, the pharmacist noticed the hobo and strides toward the front door with purpose. He springs the front door open and confronts him. Hey, how many times I gotta tell you? Hey, you left customers in there. That's not a good way to run a business. Don't tell me how to run my business. You're a fucking bum. Well, you don't tell me how to run my life. You're a fucking prick. I'll talk to anybody I want to. You don't own the fucking sidewalk. You know what? I do own this fucking sidewalk. You want to know why? Because I pay fucking taxes. Fuck you. No, fuck you. I hope you die, you sack of shit. I hope you die and you float down the gutter so I can fucking piss on you. <laughs> the pharmacist scoffs and waves the hobo off and steps back into the pharmacy. Bald-headed baboon! The hobo steps away from the pharmacy, still fuming. Discomplected afterbirth of a Chinese gangbanger? <laughs> Educated idiot! The hobo continues down the street away from the pharmacy. I own the sidewalk! I pay taxes! I got your taxes swinging! I'll tell you what you can do with your taxes, and I hope they poke a hole in your kidneys while they're heading up toward your throat! I hope you're rotten hell! <laughs> Suddenly a noise from the alley stutters the bum. Who was that? A cloak figure emerges from a nearby dumpster. A friend, perhaps. Tommy, do you really mind those curses that you throw so freely? Damn right I did. What would you do to have them come true? The hobo lights a cigarette and digs a cigarette out of his coat pocket. Cigarette and a handshake, about all I got right now, pal. Not quite. You have a soul. I'd trade that for a shower and a jug of Jack. <laughs> then the death of your enemy would consider a bargain. You really are fucked up. But I do like the way you think. <laughs> the hobo lights a cigarette. Indulge me then. What would you have happen? Give me some thought. Enjoy it. I should only get cancer. It should only get cancer and die. As you wish. Interior pharmacy night. The pharmacist, still irritated, is, cash is, is at the cashier ringing up a customer. Welfare checks? Food stamps? And another thing, I... The pharmacist begins to shake and large boils begin to form on his face. He collapses to the floor and foams at the mouth. Outside, the hobo obs observes the scene from the front window in shock. He turns to see the cloaked figure as the pharmacist dies on the floor. Was it worth it? Fucking hell. The, the hobo screams and runs <laughs> off. Leaving the lit cigarette on the sidewalk. The cloaked figure reaches down, picks it up, and takes a drag. Run, insect. Run and tell those you will what you will. Tell them there is something loose in the fucking city. <laughs> something that feeds on wishes. Tell them quickly while you still have a soul.
This concludes this episode of Recasting with Christian Slater, telling you all to be careful what you wish for. God knows I do. (laughs) (laughs) We are going to travel around the world for our next few Insane's Picks Hall of Fames. Uh, This time we have flown over to Hong Kong to induct the wacky filmmaker Nigai Chow Lam to Insane's Picks Hall of Fame. Nigai Lam uh, went by many names as a filmmaker. Lam Nigai Kai, Nam Nam Nai Chow, (laughs) and Simon Nam. This is going to be a rough one. And Simon Nam. So I'm not sure what to actually call him. So I'm just going to call him Lamb. Lamb got his start at Shaw Brothers Studios. He worked his way up to camera operator as a focus puller. From there, he graduated up to cinematographer, working for director Sung, Sun Chung uh, on such films as Drugstore Connection in 1976, Big Badass Sis in 1976, uh, The Proud Youth in 78, and uh, The Avenging Angel, also in 78. Lamb became the top cinematographer at Shaw Brothers Studios. Uh, He was reluctant at first to move up into the director's chair, but finally, in 1981, he directed his first film, One Way Only, which was quickly followed by, uh, by Brothers from the Walled City, then Men from the Gutter in 1983. All three films are crime dramas made for the Shaw Brothers. In 1984, Lam directed the comedy Three Stooges Go Undercover, written by Wong Jin, one of the most influential writers and producers in Hong Kong. In 1985, both Lam and Wong Jin left the Shaw Brothers and started making films for Golden Harvest. Golden Harvest at Golden Harvest, Lam began making the films that would get the attention of Insane's Picks Hall of Fames, getting into horror, sci-fi, comedy, gore, outrageous stories, and even more outrageous special effects. The first of his of his Insane's Picks films was Ghost Snatchers from 1986. Uh, that same year, we saw what may be his craziest, the craziest of Lamb's films, The Seventh Curse, which I know we've talked about on the show, thanks to uh, our good buddy Brian Clark. <laughs> the Seventh Curse, mm-hmm. much like most of his films for Golden Harvest, are also impossible to describe without people thinking that you're describing them while on drugs. However, <laughs> here's my intent, or here's my attempt. Uh, the Seventh Curse is about a cop um, who attempts to rescue a, wom- a young woman from being sacrificed by the Worm Tribe. Uh, he fights a giant skeleton and saves the day, but not until the cop is damned with se- with the seven blood curses, which shows up in the form of explosions of blood and gore coming out of his, of his leg from time to time. Once it bursts through, the seventh time he's going to die. The woman saves him and stops the curse with an antidote, but it only lasts for like a year. Cut to the present, where Chow Yun Fat advises the cop to go back to Thailand to stop the worm tribe for good, or the curse will kill him in five days. 
Things get even nuttier, if you can believe that, as the cop and his cohorts battle the evil source battle the evil sorcerer of the tribe, also a monstrous baby creature, and an ultraman like monster that looks like a cross between a xenomorph and a bat. Um, and that creature eventually Chalion Fat blows up with a rocket launcher. <laughs> Golden Harvest was Lamb's home for the rest of his career, and Lamb became their special their specialist director for films with bizarre creatures and optical special effects. In 1988, Lamb set the ground. Uh, Lamb Lam set the ground for Cat exploitation for the exploit Cat Three. Let me start that again. <laughs> in 1988, Lamb set the ground for the Cat 3 exploitation boom with his rape, rape revenge movie, Her Vengeance. Cat 3 films, or Category 3 films, is the label given to movies that are forbidden by any viewer under the age of 18. Another trend-setting moment in Lamb's career is the historical erotic comedy with fantasy elements the uh, movie erotic ghost story in 1990 which started a whole trend of erotic films with historical fantasy settings he then directed two amazing adaptations of the manga series spirit warrior uh the peking the peacock king in 1989 and saga of the phoenix in 1990 Lamb's most famous film here in the U.S., though, is my personal favorite, his 1991 super gory, super-powered prison movie, Ricky O, yes! The Story of Ricky. So good. <laughs> I need That's to see best. that. Oh, my God. Yes, you do oh. need to see it. It is so, so freaking gory and amazing and outrageous. Oh, man. So good. Like Jem and the Holograms? You so outrageous? Okay. No. There's a moment. Uh, there's a moment in the movie where one of the uh, one of the prison inmates throws throws gl- glass into Riccio's eyes and blinds him, and he cures himself by just washing his eyes out. Mm-hmm. And that's not even the beginning of the craziness in the movie. Mm. Anywho. Lamb's last film was The Cat in 1992, and I'm trying to think of a topic for the show so we can all watch The Cat. It's an insane mixture of action, horror, comedy, and science fiction about a young alien girl and her cat from outer space. They come to Earth to escape the evil alien that possesses people and turns them into Terminators. So many hallucinogenic imagery that makes you question your own reality. Um... And But I think my favorite moment in the whole film is the five-minute kung fu fight between the alien cat and a dog. <laughs> Lamb's, <laughs> Lamb's films combine lowbrow comedy with elements of action, adventure, sci-fi, fantasy, horror, mostly all at the same time, <laughs> full of various practical and op- optical effects that pushes beyond the limits of his budgets and the technical limitations of that time period. Sometimes slow at moments, but always delivers on the madness. Lamb was not a filmmaker who played by the rules. He set a lot of trends uh, that expanded beyond Hong Kong cinema. I think his movies are so much fun to watch. And so for this episode, we induct Nigai Lamb, or Lam Nigai, or whatever, into Insane's Picks Hall of Fame. Yeah! Woo! Woo, woo, woo. 
So that concludes this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Very special thanks to our very special guests, Abe and Ashley. Abe Thank and you Ashley. guys. Thank you. <laughs> thanks for being on, guys. Thank hey, thanks. You, you should Thank tell you everybody where they can find you guys at on the internet. Uh, we are everywhere. Oh. We have a Facebook, <laughs> we have a Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, I think Tony started a Reddit. Now you're just showing off. I right? know, right? <laughs> It's uh, at Brett and Tony. Just search that anywhere. You'll find us. Uh, you can also find us on Spotify, Pod, or, uh, Podbean, Apple Podcast. Just go to pfpn.com. Check us out Smart. there. Smart. Easiest, yes. you know. <laughs> Quick and easy. <laughs> Man, so good to have you guys on. Yes. Thank very, you so much cool. again for having us. It, it was, was amazing. a blast. Good. I'm glad you had fun. We had fun having you on. Penguins, zebras, newspapers, <laughs> old-timey <laughs> bank robbers. What do they all have in common? I don't know either. So thank you for listening, and thank you, Attackers, for supporting the show. Talk to you on the next episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Oh, no. Could this be the end of? Attack of the Killer.